1: He's a monster, man, he's a a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. We call him uh,
2: Gandalf because he's never early or late, he's always (laughs) at the right time.
1: My job is to never stop, regardless of percentages, I don't really give a damn about
3: percentages. Honestly, all I care about is wins.
0: If y'all didn't quite get it, (laughs) let me say it again, I'm here to stay.
4: Hello, welcome to The Uncontested, podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC, Thunder, pop culture. You can find our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, really anywhere you listen to podcasts, plus our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob. Today, this evening, I am joined by Taylor.
2: You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Who is that? Shout out Rondo. It's a Gucci Main.
4: Oh, I'm not a big Gucci <laughs> main fan.
2: Yeah, I, I forgot you uh, – so you're on your way back from the Thunder game because you got to witness it live, which is pretty cool. Uh-huh. But Rondo hit a game winner to win it for the Lakers. Yeah, I saw the – Against I saw Celtics. The, it was wild.
4: saw the video. Wasn't wild. it like Kuz hit a bucket and then – Yeah, uh, he hit a three. Kyrie hit a Bron bucket.
2: Uh hits a three. Or uh, Braun hits a three. Or, so Kuzma hits a three. Uh, Celtics go down and get another shot. They're up one, then or they're up three, and then Bron goes down, hits a three to tie it, and then Kyrie goes in, puts him up one, and then uh, it, who was it? Oh, it was Ingram. Brandon Ingram drives through the hole, goes for a reverse. I think he gets blocked by like uh, Morris Senior or whatever, and then it, somehow Tyson Chandler tips it over to Rondo, and Rondo hits the game game winner. It was crazy.
4: Rondo hitting <laughs> a jumper. Well, we're also joined by Nick.
2: Yeah, two deadlines in a
1: row with nothing to show.
4: Oh, man. All right, well, <laughs> the Thunder played... Um, can I even call them the Grizzlies? Are they like the Cubs? The... They're
2: like what's left of the Grizzlies?
4: Yeah. They Bad play... News Grizzlies? <laughs> they played... I called them the
2: Grizzly Cubs on Twitter. Yeah, the yeah. Grizzly <laughs> Cubs.
4: The uh, the 10-man roster Grizzlies who, uh, who had no center uh, active tonight because because him Noah didn't play. Uh, Thunder played the Grizzlies tonight. Uh, they won, rightfully so, 117-95. and uh, I'm going to toss it over to Nick, and he's going to break down this game for us a bit. We'll chat for a few minutes about the game, and then the rest of this podcast is just going to be post-trade deadline stuff. We're just going to talk trades and trades and trades, and then we'll talk a little bit about buyout stuff as well. I know that's kind of what everyone wants to hear, um, but let's start by breaking down this game real quick.
1: Yes, we got the win over what was left of the Memphis Grizzlies. Kind of Mike Conley and the rest of the crew uh, makes us, um, you know, nine of our last ten games we've won, which is nice. I think that may be part of why Presti didn't feel pressure to make a move. Um, at the deadline here, that puts us at 35-19. and 19. Once again, I mentioned this on the post-game podcast on Tuesday, Tuesday. Uh, Keeps us in third place. It feels like we've been in third place for months now. We can't seem to jump up above the Nuggets, but we're also winning, so we're not falling. So I guess it's a good thing. Um, first half, we started out super slow. I'm sure that had to do with you know who we're playing, level of competition. Uh, we're actually down five at the end of the first. I honestly didn't know who any of these guys in the Grizzlies were besides Conley, so that was kind of surprising that we were down, even though we were playing to the level of our competition. Uh, part of that was due to Adams getting in foul trouble early. Uh, Nerlands did get some run, which was good for him. Um, but, you know, t- in the second quarter, we got a decent lead. And, of course, the Grizzlies finished on a 13 to 2 run to finish the half, bringing so, us uh, down. So, ahead. halftime,
2: uh, Thunder took like what I think it was 15 three pointers or 15 plus three pointers in the first quarter. And then they went 4-12 from inside the three-point line in the first half. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to mention, yeah, so in the, in the first half, um, we
1: shot 40 shots, and 28 of those were threes. So right, exactly, like right at 70% of our shots were threes, which normally you would say it's probably not a good thing. But we did shoot thirty nine percent from three on all those attempts, which isn't bad.
4: It's not but... bad, especially that first half. Ferg didn't have one. Ferg was like one of yeah, five, or oh, of five in the first half, I think.
1: Yeah, that was so weird. It was it was, was kind of one of those deals where I don't know if we were just lazy and didn't want to work the ball around. It also had a little bit to do with the, the Grizzlies were throwing a little bit of zone at us, and you know, obviously against the zone, you're going to want to you know shoot three, shoot them out of it. But uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. had 20 in the first half. He kind of kept them in it. And, you know, like I said, we are down two at half. They are actually out-rebounded 30 to 21 in the first half, which is surprising. Um, probably another reason for that was Adams being out with foul trouble. But e- either way, with the guys they had in the court, we should be able to out-rebound them with anybody. Uh, but then second half, luckily, Jaron Jackson Jr. cooled off a little bit. And the no name guys weren't making the shots they're making in the first half. We came out on a sixteen to two run to start the third quarter, uh, along with what I believe was an eleven to one run to start the fourth quarter. So we, you know, came out the the beginning of the, the last two quarters and and came out strong and, and hit him in the hit him in the mouth and, and ran yeah. with it. Put and bed. I mean essentially that's that's those- what the second half was. This was a super boring game, but it really came down to <laughs> It really came down to those two, you know, runs we made at the beginning of each quarter, and we
2: kind of just rode those out to the end. The first six points came from Stephen Adams So, in the, in the second half, so having right. Stephen back in there, you know, he got in foul trouble early on. That obviously hurt us, and having him back in there just on both ends, honestly, in the second half really kind of changed the momentum. And then I thought Russ played a really good game. You know, he was super balanced. He he still isn't shooting the ball well at all. I think he ended up with like 15 points, but yep. his assist and rebound. I mean, he's passing the ball. And I know Jacob, you mentioned this a little bit on our some of our podcasts, but I think Russ is passing the ball better than I've ever seen him pass.
4: I think we can make an argument ever. right now that he's the best passer in the NBA.
2: I, I was just I was literally just about, about to say I don't know if there's a. Anybody else who's like, passing at a higher rate than he is making? Pl- yeah, he's making incredible. You know, plays. like
4: I don't, I, I don't know if he is the best passer in the NBA, but I think you can easily make an argument for it. You know, he's. I agree. I mean, what was it tonight? Fifteen assists.
2: Fifteen assists. Yep. yep.
4: Like he, he's making like assist numbers in the teens, like routine.
1: I mean, he's averaging in the teens. So he, like you know, like yeah, I th- he's averaging eleven eleven point something.
4: Yeah, like he's pretty close. Like oh, I, think, I got that. Hold I on. think he might end the season averaging twelve assists a game, and which I is don't, insane. <laughs> I don't know when the last time someone ended the season averaging twelve assists. Uh, it's probably been so, a few years, but I mean so, he's. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> go, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: So I found this stat that I took a screenshot of, and I, I thought this was for the season, but actually it's, it's only OKC's last eight games uh, prior to this Memphis game tonight. But regardless, uh, the last eight games prior to the game tonight, Russell Westbrook is averaging 13.8 assists and 12.9 rebounds per game.
4: That's insane. And that's
2: Tommy Beer, at Tommy, just at Tommy Beer on Twitter. Um, and he leads the NBA in total assists and rebounds during this stretch, which is crazy.
1: I think that... At this point, with the numbers he's putting up, he's averaging like something along the lines of 20, 11, and eleven. It would almost be hard for him not to average a triple double again.
2: At the rate he's going, I agree. So Chuck Cheney and Thunder Digest always tweets out the uh, like the triple double tracker and the like how much Russ needs to average, you know, moving forward for him to uh, have a triple double average for the season. And I think the last game, it was like, it was under double digits. He only needs like another, like nine point something assists and nine points, whatever rebounds per game in order to average another triple double. And he had already meet the, obviously the points threshold. So he's 100% on track to do it again, which is just crazy. That'd be three straight seasons uh, averaging a triple double. And he's got his eighth tonight. That was eight or sorry, eight straight uh, tonight, which is a career high for him. And second, Uh, in the NBA behind Wilt Chamberlain, I believe. And it's his 21st of the season. So if he gets a triple-double against Houston on Saturday, he will tie the NBA record of Wilt Chamberlain's with nine straight. Triple-doubles. He's nuts. Bon. I I do
1: want to talk about someone here. Uh, We actually had a Twitter question from Clay Sally. Uh, about Jeremy Grant. I don't know if you guys saw this. He was a plus 36 tonight on the box score. That's pretty good. Which is absurd. And he he <laughs> was decent.
4: his question.
1: His his question was basically, you know, is there another is is there a more efficient player we've traded for, you know, in our short history for the amount we gave up, you know, just Ilya Sova in that first round pick for, you know, what we've given up and what he's become is is that one of the best value trades you've ever made?
4: Oh, God, yeah. I mean, they're protect, the protected first. That is essentially probably going to end up being two seconds uh, because I think it was a lottery protected. Um, but it's probably going to end up being two seconds. And Urson Ilyasova, um, yeah, I mean, been, it's... Who was a buyout yeah.
2: guy? Who was a buyout guy last year? So yeah. It, well, yeah, that pick was like uh, one through 20 protected, I believe I saw today. Um, so it's either like a late first round, like Jacob was saying, or it's going to be like you said, two uh, two second rounds. And for that, plus yeah, Elias Sova, who isn't even really getting playing time anymore at the Bucks right now. I believe he's, I don't even yeah he's with the Bucks right. I don't even know where he's at because he's not getting playing time.
1: Um, yeah, he's at the Bucks. yeah he's at the Bucks. I think
2: so it, that just first of all it shows you know how great Presti is <laughs> and how he sees the potential in players and and how he's willing to gamble on them and how it typically pays off. Like in Ferguson, and I think Grant are two great examples of those. But also the Thunder's player development is just absurd, particularly for big men. You have to give uh, Coach Bryant a lot of credit there between Steven, Jeremy, and even Enos. You know, he came here from Utah with a bad reputation. We talk about that a little bit. He, he comes in and uh, goes to the Thunder development program. I, I call it a program, but you know what I mean? The uh, going with the coaches, um, coach Bryant specifically, it's just, it's incredible. You know, he, Jeremy had another 20 points tonight. He only had three rebounds, which is kind of surprising, but yeah, I, that's huge. I want, sure. I want to
1: take this a step further. I don't know if you guys remember, Ilya Sova was actually just kind of a, a byproduct filler for the Serge Ibaka trade in which we got Oladipo. Yep. So he basically was just someone that came along to make it all work financially, and we flipped that for Jeremy Grant. I mean, that's just ridiculous. If you look at the parameters of that, basically
4: Serge Ibaka in a protected first ended up into Paul George and Jeremy Grant. (laughs)
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, because we got uh, Sabonis sub- sub- with that too, didn't we? Yep,
4: pretty so that, goddamn good if you ask me. That's
2: pretty, down, that's pretty Paul good. Paul George had 27 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists, and Jeremy mm. Grant had 20 points and 3 rebounds tonight.
4: That's pretty damn good.
2: <laughs> All right, so <laughs> yeah, hey, not, uh,
4: not to like completely derail us here, but I just looked it up. Um, going back to the 2000-2001 season, uh, throughout every season from, from then until now, the the highest assists per game for a full season uh, Rondo did it twice with 11 point seven assists per per game uh, for a full season two times in that 19 year window uh, Russ is currently at 11.2 assists per game um, but if you look at Russ's stats this year since January 1st until now he's at 13 assists per game um, so question is simply do you guys think Russ will uh, will break that eleven point seven average that is the, the ceiling in the two thousands?
3: <laughs> That's
4: I, tough. I, I don't know how to do the math right now to see if he's averaging three point two right now. He'd basically have to, you know, raise that per, that that average by half an assist per game. I, I'm not gonna do the math, but um, do you guys think he can end averaging over eleven point seven a game?
2: That's uh, tough. I th- uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, eleven point seven is high. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. I think he can. I I think he can do it. Honestly, you know the way he's been facilitating. If he can facilitate the level that he has been, goodness, dogs.
4: Oh, what a good, good boy!
2: <laughs> boy.
4: <laughs> Taylor's going. to
2: yeah, If you hit that Brody dog, I swear upset, to God. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I go spank the <laughs> You know, wet all that dog. You better nope, go give is, that good heck, boy a treat. He just, he just came out to me, wanted some love and affection. Okay, now the other one's gone. Uh oh. I'm gonna, go on mute temporarily.
4: Go love those dogs. All right, Nick. So you don't think he can get 11.7 for the for the I season? Think
1: it, I think, I think it'd be. Tough. I don't think it's impossible. I mean, at the rate he's going, like Taylor said, the last eight games he's averaging like thirteen something assists. I think it's
4: fourteen something because since January first he's averaging thirteen. Yeah, and, I mean and I that's mean, in uh, I, uh, eighteen games. They're twelve and the, six since January first. Twelve and six, and he's averaging eleven point six rebounds, twelve point nine assists. Uh mean, he's four averaging eleven
1: point two right now. So if he needs an extra .5 yeah. over the next. What do we have? Twenty eight games left.
4: Something like that.
1: That just means he needs to average fourteen extra on top of those twenty eight. So, like basically, an eleven assists to get, or twelve assists a game the rest of the year.
4: He can do is that. that.
1: Is that the right math?
4: Oh, uh, dude, I don't know. I don't teach math. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, think I think that's. I think that's, I think that's, that's right.
2: Doable. Twelve um, assists. I mean, he's gonna. Like I said, he's gonna have to continue to distribute at the level that he's been distributing at over the past eight to 10 games. Um, but it's, it's doable. But I think a lot of that also depends. Like I, I told you guys this earlier, um, we were talking about the trade deadline, which we'll get into, but I think one of the biggest contributions for the Thunder to be if Russell Westbrook is able to make a lot of these shots that he's been missing this season, especially compared to last season, but is able to balance that with uh, his style of play that he's been playing this season as well. So if, if he is starting to make his, his shots come say like post all-star break, I could see those assist numbers going down one or two assists per game, That's and true. Yeah. if that he's happens, hitting. then he's not gonna he's not gonna hit that. Here's
4: threshold. a bit of an interesting stat. So I still have the I still have the Russ assists or just um, player rankings. Um, I, I sorted them by assists uh, just for 2019 since since January 1st. Russ first in the league at 12.9 a game. Okay, the next two guys. Uh, have played a combined 10 games. So I think we, we trash those because of sample size, right? LeBron James is second. He's only played three games, though. Rondo was third. He's only played seven games. Um, when we get to other players with large sample sizes, um, the next one, two, three, four, five guys um, average 8.4 or fewer. So, essentially, Russ averages four and a half more assists in 2019 uh, than his closest counterpart right now. That's, wow. That's, that's insane. That's, a that's really, impressive. That's a, a, an incredibly large gap. Yeah. An incredibly large gap. That's, that's impressive. I think, yeah, like we said earlier, I think he's passing the best of his career. I think he's seen the floor incredibly well. And I think, I think we've seen a there – there's been times in games recently – where there's a play where in the past 100% Russ puts up a shot, and now he's he's finding teammates instead. Um, yep. Just just a few that initially come to mind. Uh, San Antonio in the fourth quarter with like a minute 20 seconds left, and Russ has the ball alone on the on the wing for a three, and instead he hits that cross court pass to Ferguson for the uh, for the three that tied the game. And then there was another one. It was a home game a few weeks ago, where Russ put a whole bunch of post moves on somebody and ended up giving a head fake, and uh, two guys like went flying. And typically Russ would like you know try to force his way through everybody, but instead he dropped like this easy pass to Nerlens, who was wide open for a dunk. And you can just tell like the maturity in Russell Westbrook's game, you know, that that he's using. His athleticism, the attention he draws, his aggressiveness to his advantage to find his teammates' shots, and I do not think it's a coincidence that Russ, over the the month of January, probably averaged the most assists of his career, and the Thunder had their statistically best offensive month as a franchise in January. I, I don't think those. I don't think that's um, a coincidence, coincidence at all. No, definitely I agree.
1: not. Well. Really. I think that's all good, but I would like to discuss the trades and the guys we can get through buyout to help our bench that's fourth worst in the league in scoring.
4: All right, let's do it. So trade deadline uh, came to an end at 2 p.m. Central today. I actually took the day off of work to follow the trade deadline. And then uh, if you can't tell by my awful voice, um, <laughs> my personal day from work ended up being a sick day cause I feel like garbage. Uh, so I was in bed for the entire trade deadline, uh, following all the, uh, the Woj bombs, all the Shams tweets. Uh, Woj outplayed Shams like crazy today. He did. Like that, that was strange. Shams barely broke anything. Like it was all Woj today. So shout out to Woj. Woj, Woj let him have his fun yesterday. Yep. Shout out to Woj. Uh, we had tons and tons and tons of trades. Um, I think today alone there was twenty, and so yeah. it's it's just massive. Uh, so my first question for you guys, uh, and because so, I don't want to like bore people by sitting here and just reading like every trade that happened, so instead uh, I want to ask you guys, what do you think was the biggest move of the deadline?
2: So I I just looked up Mark Stein tweeted this out. And uh, there's 24 trades since last Thursday. That's insane. 25, though, if you include the huge blockbuster trade of today, tonight, actually, post-trade deadline, Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons goes to Team LeBron. Russ goes to Team uh, Giannis. That would make 25 trades since last Thursday.
4: Nice, nice. (laughs) So, biggest move of the deadline. What do you guys think?
2: Do you consider Porzingis' deadline?
4: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, I, I. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. even especially the combination of Porzingis and then dishing out Barnes. I mean, the Mavs. As much as I hate them, and I hate giving them credit, they went from oh, we've got a young guy that probably will be really, really good and one of the better players in the league in a couple of years to oh, we just dumped all of our terrible contracts and picked up. Another 23, 24 year old that's going to be one of the top players in the league. Oh, and by the way, we can sign a max guy this summer. Yeah, the Mavericks scare the
2: shit out of me, man. That's insane. Yeah,
1: I mean, it could it could obviously crash and burn. It could easily be one of those things where
2: they don't get one say
1: healthy. Well, that or he walks, or they can't sign anybody. Um, Like they couldn't sign a Clay or a KD or a Boogie this summer, and they end up overpaying a guy like Goran Dragic or something. Or a guy but they're totally going to get Goran
4: <laughs> and they're going to be like the first NBA team, uh, like since segregation, to have a starting five of all white people,
2: <laughs> or like the first like full Euroleague, uh,
4: yeah, Euroleague basically.
1: starting
2: five, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think that's my biggest. That's okay. what I had as well. And then um, since you mentioned that, I want to go ahead and say that. The Tobias Harris trade to the Sixers was a very, very, very close second place for me. But I would also put the Porzingis trade as number one.
4: So and that's either... honestly what kind of kicked all this off. So neither of you guys put the Mark Gasol deal in the top three?
2: I That's my third place. Um, I think it's
1: fourth.
4: Oh, so fourth. Wh- who I think do you put ahead of that one? There
1: at three? Uh, no, I put Tobias Harris at two.
4: And then who do you put at three? what what put, trade three i
1: put, i put uh um Miracic.
4: oh yeah oh okay man, the, that's fair that's so fair. see so, i can
2: flip off those 2
4: but let's just let this lead us into our next point uh, another point which is the top of the east uh they're going for it man oh they're like, nuts with with, yeah. with the exception of boston who wants to go for it july 1 for for Anthony Davis and then try to get Kyrie to commit after that uh, besides Boston the, the other top three in the East they're, they're balls deep they're going for it I mean they, they pushed the chips to the middle and it kind of all started with with the Tobias Harris deal right like Philly yep. went and got Tobias Harris and then so Milwaukee made a play uh, actually made a couple of moves which ended up just being one big three team trade uh, to net them, uh, Nikola Miritich, and essentially they gave up what Thawne Maker and uh, second round pick, maybe.
2: I was gonna say it was yeah, second round picks. wasn't much.
4: And then, Let's see. and see, then the thing, late in the, the deadline, Toronto gets their hat in the ring. We had heard uh, yeah, Charlotte, I- Charlotte, 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 Charlotte from Mark Gasol this whole time. And then Toronto gets in, and I'm going to be honest, Toronto gets what I feel like was a steal of a deal for them.
1: Absolutely. Uh, no, first absolute no first rounders. Absolutely. No first rounders.
4: Yeah. A, a, a 2024 second-round pick. Second-round pick. Jonas Valachunas, which, okay. Right? Yep. DeLon Wright, which, okay. You already player. You already have a starting and a backup point guard that are really, really good. And then exactly. CJ Miles, which is a pretty good rotational wing. Um, But that was all that was in that deal, right?
1: Yeah, and CJ Miles couldn't find minutes in Toronto, and I'd also heard mumbles that DeLon Wright was going to want more money than they were going to be able to give him, so they were going to have to lose him anyways. That's what I
2: heard on uh, after the podcast. I was listening to that Sam Vecini podcast. mm -hmm. I said after the podcast. After the trade deadline, I was listening to the Sam Vecini podcast, and they mentioned that as well. So, yeah, that's a good point, Nick.
4: Now, it makes Toronto interesting because now they have – Two massive expiring deals and Kawhi Leonard and Mark Gasol. Well, Mark Gasol has the option. Um, I don't know if Kawhi has an option or not. But anyways, both of those guys are going to opt out. And so Toronto's kind of pushed everything in the middle. And if it goes south, uh, they might be hitting that reset button because they don't have anything if those two guys leave. But the the East, the top of the East is going to be incredibly fascinating.
1: Yeah, and see that's why I put the Tobias Harris trade at two, because that's a trade in which they do already have plans of signing him long term, so it's not just a rental. And on top of that, the dude is young. He's like twenty-six, whereas the other guys, you know, Gasol's old and I and and Miracic isn't that old, but I think he's, you know, twenty eight or twenty nine. Like Harris is still like a young guy that hasn't hit a ceiling yet, so I, I I I put that as the number two trade only because that's that's gonna affect their future for a long time.
2: Yep. See, that's that's what I have as well, and it's gonna be really, it's gonna be extremely interesting. So I love it. Um, first of all, on the uh, the Clippers side, you know they're they're going full like asset mode. <laughs> and, you know they acquired all these picks. They've acquired these young players, and honestly, they can make a potential Anthony Davis trade this offseason if they really wanted to. Um, but if not, they still have room to sign a guy like Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant or both. All right, right? Sorry, are you talking macros, about the Clippers? If
3: they,
2: yeah, Clips. So if they, it, um, if they are to like get rid of Gallinari's contract have room for two max contracts now. Yeah,
4: they're already plus pretty Plus, they close. have all, all these
2: other assets, right? So, I mean, honestly, it, you just – you can even trade for Anthony Davis, and then you sign one uh, max free agent, like a Kawhi Leonard or a Kevin Durant or Phil fill-in-the-blank, Jimmy Butler, and you have that player plus Anthony Davis moving forward. So I really like this trade for, from a Clipper standpoint as well. But from the Sixer standpoint, I really like how Harris fits. You know, it, it decreased their depth. Which they obviously tried to replenish today with a lot of their different trades. <laughs> um, they have a almost like a completely different roster, which is just crazy. Other than their core, yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting watching all the role pieces core.
4: kind of shifted around for them.
2: Yeah. So like Jamin is the third. You have we talked about Simmons. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting to to watch your bench and how they kind of fit. So if the chemistry is there this is a really, really good trade for the Sixers and puts them right up there at the top of the East. Yeah, uh, but
4: then again, easy like, easy like what I said work. with Toronto, Philly is going to have two man. massive expirings too with Tobias Harris and exactly. Jimmy Butler, you know? And so and how does that work out?
2: one or two of them leave, you're in trouble. So, And then yep. they, trade, they trade Markel Fultz, right? And Fultz is supposed to be that fourth star. So I was listening, like I said, to that podcast earlier, earlier today, and I thought they made a really good point. Like, this is supposed to be Fultz, Simmons, and Bede... And you could bring in a Butler or a Harris, and that's your fourth star. And you're, you know, you have uh, a couple of those guys on rookie skill contracts, but now you're looking at like 2021 and you're having to spend a ridiculous amount of money on this team. Whereas if Fultz would have panned out like he was supposed to as the number one pick, you're not paying nearly as much. Um, So it's a gamble. It's absolutely a gamble for these Sixers, but it, it could really pay off for them. You know, I see Harris as a guy that could. Really fit in well. He's a really good three point shooter. He can shoot, um, you know, off the pick and roll. He can shoot a spot up. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really excited to kind of watch them moving forward. And like you guys said, obviously the Raptors as well are going to be really fun to watch with gasol So, yeah, this, oh, yeah. this might be an unpopular opinion, but
1: I think going forward, if you're the 76ers, and one of Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler is going to walk. I personally would rather Jimmy Butler walk and keep Tobias Harris. He, I agree. He's he, he's more of he's more of like that Clay Thompson on that superstar team. He doesn't need the ball in his hand to do something with he's it. Not he's
4: not going to be great a locker shooter. room issue, which Jimmy right. Butler's he, proven that he is anywhere he goes.
1: He can spot up. He can shoot. He doesn't have to, you know, create off the dribble, which he can do, but he doesn't. You know, his game's not re- like. It doesn't rely on that. He, he's just a guy that I, I think fits with that team better than Jimmy does. I
4: would agree, I agree. with that. I would agree with that. Yep. Although Jimmy's Butler, Jimmy Butler's defense is leaps and bounds better than Tobias Harris. Right. That's, that's right. the only that's thing. True. But, that's and true. And then Milwaukee now with Nico Miritich. I mean. Oh, shoot. We
2: didn't even touch on that yet. I know.
4: I mean, <laughs> you, you're, you're going to throw a line out, out there where Giannis is going to have the ball in his hands. You're gonna have Nico in one corner, Middleton in the other corner, running a a high pick and pop with Brooke Lopez, and just space teams out to oblivion, and and let you know the Greek freak drive the ball and just do his work.
2: And they basically gave up nothing for that trade. Yeah, Thawne Maker, you know? who wasn't like, getting who wasn't <laughs> they, getting minutes. Yeah. You know, they were gonna trade him anyways, and yep. it, I, it just he fits so perfectly into. Uh, Mike is a boot holder boot pronounce that correctly um if he fits so perfectly into that system I mean they're gonna be dangerous they're I'm really really excited to watch the the Eastern Conference those top four teams kind of pan out and, and w- watch the playoffs you know but then things.
4: again now we have man with Milwaukee if things don't go right Middleton is a free agent this summer and so is Miritich
2: i forgot about middle or uh yeah uh middleton that's interesting. So, i think middleton's pretty much said he's staying though
4: yeah but like it's just interesting that like all these top teams in the east like they're they're all facing some uncertainty come july 1st yep yeah you absolutely know, there's all some uncertainty so then including dallas oh yeah oh yeah so the these top 4 in the east i think the east eastern conference as long as there's no upsets i think the eastern conference second round going to be absolutely must watch tv oh
2: yeah oh it's going to be incredible you know, milwaukee
4: <laughs> philly boston who toronto? am i forgetting toronto uh, toronto yeah all four of those yeah. teams whatever combination of those four the two-on-two two going against each other in the Eastern Conference semis and then the Eastern there's, Conference finals. There's seven-game series. Oh, it's going it's it's to be a blast. Oh, it is going to be an absolute wait. blast. Uh, so with that being said, post-deadline, give me who you think is coming out of the East now.
1: I think Toronto. I thought that before all these trades. I still think it now. If you look at all the other teams, you know the Celtics have the playoff experience from last year when everyone was hurt, but they haven't really figured out how to mesh as a team this year. The Sixers don't really have that playoff experience per se, and they also don't have anywhere near the chemistry with all these new acquisitions and stuff. And I, I think people forget what Kawhi was able to do on the Spurs. I mean, that was that was his team that he took all the way.
2: Yep. So I, I was going to say, if I went first, I was going to say Toronto. But since you did, um, preseason I said Boston. But, like, they just do not mesh at all. Um, they're really, really struggling with chemistry. They have so many guys that can contribute, but they just are having a lot of issues playing together. The Sixers are obviously a dark horse with Tobias Harris, and it all depends on how he fits. But, honestly, the Bucks have just been solid. And they just play a consistent brain of basketball. It's kind of like that Spurs basketball you know, that Budenholzer has has brought to that franchise. Um, they have a great system in place that complements their players, and all they did today was raise their ceiling. So I'm going to say we're going to say Gian- we're going to see Giannis in the finals up against the see, Warriors.
1: That's, that's, I, I think that, that talent wise and scheme wise the Bucks are the best in the East, but there's just no playoff experience there.
2: Yep. There's none at all. No, right. I agree with that. Like I said, if I, if I would have gone first, I probably would have said Toronto because there's a guy over there named Kawhi Leonard, but, yep. um, and, I, and watching him with Gasol, that could be, Gasol's
1: could got be the fun. experience
4: too. Yep. He does. He does. Out of those two teams, I think I like Toronto more. Um, just because I think Giannis is an incredible player, but in a seven game series, a guy that exactly. absolutely cannot shoot, um, you can you can scheme around that and, but God, watching Kawhi versus Giannis for like six to seven it's games is gonna be the
2: best thing ever.
1: Oh my God, <laughs> it's gonna, be, God, so it's gonna fun. be fun
4: basketball. Actually, Ugh.
1: now that I think of it, if you go top to bottom, the Raptors roster like Lowry's been in the playoffs a bunch. Kawhi's I mean, that's been in a the good playoffs point. a bunch. Danny Green's been Danny in the playoffs Green. a bunch. Even Serge so, yep. Ibaka's been in the playoffs yep. a bunch. Yep. Like, and here's it,
2: the thing: like Gasol's old, but. It's kind of like LeBron, you know. You 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 realize your age, you coast through the regular season um, as much as you can with obviously giving effort, but you can take it to a whole nother level when it comes to the playoffs. You give it your all, so we, we could see a a Gasol who's defensive minded again, <laughs> who really steps it up on the def- defensive end and is still able to contribute obviously on the offensive end, and that raises us to this. I mean, it's basically like uh, what's his name. Jonas, I don't even know how pronounce Valanchunas. 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 it's like him on steroids for the Raptors. I, I yep. think this is a really good trade. And, um, and how
4: nice for Mark Gasol to go from good. being second to last in the Western Conference to maybe uh, the finals favorites First in, the, in East. the East. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep. Yep. So that works uh, out well for them.
1: I got a question. Okay. Um. Would it change your mind? Um. I don't have. I don't have it for sure, but I know it's either three to one or two to one. This year the Bucks have beat the Raptors in their season series. So matchup wise, it looks like the Bucks in the regular season at least have got it figured out against the Raptors.
4: Uh that makes it interesting. That, I think it I, does. I love I love the Bucks length. They're just there's they can shoot the three, they can space you out, but they're so long defensively. Middleton's arms go for days. Giannis's arms go for days. Um, you
2: sound like a Thunder fan.
4: Yeah, I know. Uh, they, they <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. It is three. It's three to one. The Bucks.
4: Man, God, it's it's difficult. I'm still gonna stick Toronto. But, yeah. But I, I it, it's not like I'm definitive by any means. It's we're, we're splitting hairs here. Definitely for splitting sure. hairs. All right. Well, let's let's shift to the Western Conference a bit. Um, we kind of talked about the Clippers already. And we've been indirectly talking about Memphis. Uh, Memphis sold the farm today. Everyone except Conley really got dealt. And it looks like Memphis is starting to enter a new era in which they're going to build around Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, You guys surprised at all? Are you surprised at what they traded? And are you surprised that they kept Mike Conley?
2: See... This trade was so hard for me, be- or the sorry, the Gasol trade was so hard for me because this—it's it's really so hard to like judge Gasol's trade value because, like I said, you know he's he he's such a perfect like center for this era of the NBA, but at the same time he's he's gotten older, so his defense isn't nearly what it, he, it's not defensive uh, or all NBA defensive team like he used to be, right? But he can still pop out and hit the three-point shot, so I was really very intrigued to see what his his value was going to be on the trade deadline. So um, I think it was a a pretty fair trade, but I still think he could have gotten like a first round pick or something in return. Um, regardless, though, uh, uh, <laughs> and then they go and like trade for Avery Bradley, the uh, the Grizzlies do, and ship out to Michael Green and and uh, Garrett Temple, who both had a lot of interest from some Western Conference and Eastern Conference teams. Um, I think they could have gotten more there, if we're being completely honest. The fact that the Clippers traded for those two and only for Avery Bradley, who, I mean, I like I said, I was listening to a podcast earlier, and they were calling Avery Bradley, like, one of the worst starters in the league this year, you know, before they ended up benching Avery Bradley. And it's true, Bradley's had a terrible season. So I really think that they could have gotten more for if they would have traded to uh, green just individually and then obviously garrett temple um before that uh individually as well so yeah. uh it seems like
4: yeah, they're just I, trying I, to get out get out weird. from under money uh i mean avery I bradley's just, essentially a, a expiring contract he'll be yep he's partially guaranteed next year for two million dollars so it seems like Memphis they, is trying to clear like, clear like stockpile all
2: these second rounders. Yeah, which, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I I feel like they could have. I, I yeah, it, it's strange. I feel like it could have gotten a little more, particularly in terms of draft picks. Yeah, like because they got a lot of second Memphis rounders, they is not a free
4: agent rounders. destination.
2: Exactly. So why are you? Yeah, right. Why are you trying to stockpile like expirings and trying to create cap space? Yeah, exactly. I'm with I'll
1: I'll be honest. I have no clue. What the Grizzlies are doing. So well, hey, at least that's
4: one thing them and Washington have in common. Then
2: (laughs) that's so true. I mean, so true. The Washington the Washington
4: Wizards. Like, I look at what they did and what they have, and like, I'm just left here asking, like, what the absolute shit are you doing?
2: It's it's worse than the Grizzlies, in my opinion. I mean, it's it's, awful. They're both bad, but it's terrible. I yeah. mean, the Grizzlies, though, so, I mean, I think it's good they didn't
1: trade Conley because if you look at it this way, their future with what they have right now, so obviously Jaron Jackson Jr. is their future. Outside of Conley slash who they trade Conley for, who's their second best player?
4: It's a really good point.
2: Like, uh, they don't have – Wait, hold on, hold on. I got Dylan, this. I got the, I, Dylan I watched well, he's injured. It doesn't count. Yeah, there but he been some outside... some mother, you know, her that that just absolutely torched us tonight. Who was that? What was his last? Oh, Bruno, Bruno. C- that's, C- not, that's not a future piece, dude. <laughs> like, like
1: realistically, their second best player outside <laughs> is Dylan Brooks, who averages
2: like ten points exactly. A yep. So like. It's, or maybe it, it is Kyle Anderson, maybe if he's and, healthy, but he hasn't. Yeah, been. but it's like and that, like you said, that's an eh. I'm with you. That's right. how crucial
1: what they get for Conley is for their future. Because if they whiff and don't get much value for him, they are
4: screwed. That's a really good point. I don't think
2: they're gonna, yeah, I don't think they're gonna get anything or at least much more than they were offered at the trade deadline. You know, like for example, I think Utah was the leading offer with um it was dante maybe dante, dante exum um ricky rubio and then it was like favors expiring deal But too, even then like right, sa- exactly. so say that's the best you right. can get like
1: rubio's getting up there in age exum exactly. i mean i don't know what people think about like i don't know why the jazz are so scared to get rid of exum i don't think he's all that and I agree. and then and then you so like i think the best piece in that trade it would be favors and he's like not that great, and essentially plays the same position as Jackson. So, and like in all reality, uh, your lineup of Rubio, Exum, Jackson, Favors, and Kyle Anderson is going to get you nowhere.
4: Yep,
2: they're in a tough spot,
4: a really tough spot, and they don't want to do a full rebuild because they're worried that they're not going to be able to get butts and seats. Yeah, exactly. You know? Same.
2: On- Honestly, if we're being completely honest. Is a, a very similar situation as New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans yep. with Anthony Davis. You know, who did
4: not get traded today.
2: He um, did not.
4: Yep, and so that will, that saga will carry into the summertime, whenever Boston can make a bid, and when we know who has the number one overall pick. So, so that'll be guys, interesting as well.
2: Did you guys see that rumor today that essentially? And I don't know if this is just like reports coming out of the Boston side or the Pelican side trying to get this out on social media or if this is actually, uh, rec- like, in a phone call between the two GMs. But I heard that it's going to be, like, a, a, a Jason Tatum, Al Horford, that wi- with the big uh, Williams, and, Mark,
4: like... And Marcus Smart and three picks.
2: Marcus Smart and yeah th- yeah,
4: yeah. Yep. That'll get her done.
2: I mean, that's... I wonder if they would Lakers take that offering.
4: over just getting the number one overall pick this year and getting Zion Williamson.
2: And that's the other thing.
4: Because right. Zion Zion has a pick. little bit of that unknown factor, but he'll he'll draw attention. He'll, he'll draw fans, you know?
2: So, so say the Knicks do get the number one pick. You have that number one pick, which is going to be Zion. And then you have him and, like, say you offer Knox... Um, or even Trier or somebody like that. Um, how does that compete with the Celtics offer?
4: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, what, what is New Orleans going to value more?
2: And who gets that number one pick, obviously, but yeah. absolutely. And then another question that I saw brought up last night. And when I saw this last night, I was like, <laughs> I was skeptical because, you, like we've talked about on this podcast before, who's leaking what? But there's all this talk that uh, the Pelicans, you know we're engaging the lakers on these trade talks solely to try and get them to have some chemistry issues basically and then that allows the pelicans to it, it, like cuz now they're playing anthony davis right they can't they come out today they said that they are going to go ahead and play anthony for the rest of the season i mean that gets them in the playoffs probably or at least makes them competitive um so i think it this, might make them a little bit competitive they no but they're just
4: too far out to to have a shot at it i think make
2: it okay okay yeah so it, what i saw was like did, did they even have any intentions of making this still happen or were they just trying to get back the lakers for tampering basically
4: yeah. i love that they basically just try to screw the lakers over
2: you know 100 they deserve it and then yeah. of course rondo goes down and hits a freaking game winner tonight but new orleans <laughs> is
4: is five games in the lost column out of the eighth spot i don't think they're gonna get there that's to get there
1: there's no way they're getting there so ad's been out for too long with that finger or whatever it was yeah
4: yeah so you know
1: who's you know who surprised me they didn't make a move who minnesota
4: yeah a little bit yeah yeah
1: I mean, they're not—they're not doing well at all. They're the
2: 12 seed.
4: Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Wondering how long Andrew Wiggins is on that team. Yeah. To be honest with that contract. That's
2: their—that's their asset right there. You know, like.
4: But the years the team, on that contract are so bad, it. man. Exactly,
2: it's so bad, it's so bad. But there's so many bad contracts right now too. So, um, yep. I, I, ugh. Would you rather have? Would you rather if you're hypothetically?
1: I don't think this is even a question. As far as if they have enough assets to make a trade, but just straight up, who would you rather have between Wiggins and Ingram?
4: Oh, that's a really good question.
2: I'd take Ingram. Um, I feel like he has enough potential.
4: If, I think, I if agree he can get like,
2: if he can get with the right developmental uh, coaches and like the, uh, the right program for him, the right fit. Yeah, I still think he has enough in him. Um, and not not I'm not like saying they should have uh, the, the Pelicans should have pulled the trigger and traded Ingram for in that whole package for Anthony Davis. But I still feel like if he can get in the right system that he can be a solid player. I, I see enough there.
4: All right. Well, while we're on this con- conversation, let's stick to the Western Conference. Um, not nearly as much exciting stuff in the West. Uh, obviously, Dallas trades for for Kristaps Porzingis. But which Western Conference team do you think made the biggest jump at the, the trade Kings. Deadline? Do what? The Kings. The Kings.
2: Kings. So Kings <laughs> sent
4: out Um, but they also they got Harrison Barnes basically for nothing. They got rid of Justin Jackson, yep. which boo-hoo. Uh, he wasn't that great. And the expiring of Zach Randolph, That way, Dallas could get off the Harrison Barnes money and get max cap space for the summer, which I want to talk about that in a second. But Sacramento adds a a large wing uh, into their mix. So their starting lineup now probably projects to be um, Darian Fox, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, and who plays the four for them? Why am I going blank? Bagley. Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley. And then Willie Cauley-Stein. Um and I I think I might agree with you. I think Sacramento made the biggest jump. Um but I think the other Western Conference team uh for this season, obviously I think Dallas made a huge jump, but I think for this season right. uh, Houston snagging snagging shump I thought was was a pretty good move for them. Mm. Uh, they they then turn around and deal away James Ennis. But uh, see that so
2: I was about to mention was the Rockets.
4: Yeah, so they basically swap <laughs> uh they're swapping Shumpert with Ennis in that lineup, but uh but it's interesting. It's interesting it for It is. Sure.
2: And they they're going to be very active on the uh, sorry, the the Rockets, not the Kings, um, are going to be very active on the buyout market. Oh yeah. So if they could land like an Ellington <laughs> per se or at Westmount Mass- Matthews apparently is going to the Clip, or not the Clippers, goodness, the uh, Pacers.
4: Yeah, that's already a done deal. He's already signed the paperwork.
2: Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Well, then, yeah, good. No, you're good. good. Yeah, so he,
4: he got his buyout like today. Go
2: to the Houston. Okay, good. So as long as Houston doesn't or uh, Ellington doesn't go to Houston, I don't think there's some any huge buyout candidates that would just change their trajectory for the
4: season. Yeah. Obviously,
2: getting Capella healthy is their number one priority.
4: So
1: I got a I got a question real quick. Okay, I think a lot of people have a skewed view of this. Um, do you guys know how old Harrison Barnes is?
4: He's like twenty five, isn't he?
1: Twenty six, okay. and I th- I mean a lot of people, at least on Twitter that I saw when they made that trade, I think a lot of people see like Harrison he's Barnes. I think a lot older.
4: Yeah, so that's what I was uh, gonna say too. Oh, I think okay. people think he's old.
1: People think he's like twenty eight, twenty nine. And like, uh-huh. like reach of his prime. I don't think a lot of people realize that dude's twenty six. Like he's, especially with an extend, like, like oh, with, with Luca on the team this year. He obviously had to take a step back, and with on the Kings, I think he could be their like primary scorer because Fox a lot of nights just distributes a bunch. Buddy just shoots a lot of threes. He's probably their best pure scorer.
4: Yep, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. So, with that being said. L. A. Clippers at thirty and twenty six, currently in the eighth spot. I think we'd all assume they're going to slide.
1: Drop absolutely. Yeah, Sacramento is for.
4: Sacramento's in the ninth spot at twenty eight and twenty six. Then after their win tonight, they're the Lakers, <laughs> the Lakers are in the tenth spot at twenty eight and twenty seven. So twenty eight and twenty six, Sacramento <laughs> Kings. Twenty eight and twenty seven, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, twenty five and twenty eight, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, the Mavericks are going to slide back as well this season. Uh, but Sacramento and Los Angeles are going to battle it out for that eighth spot. I think after them, uh, the top seven, I think, are kind of set. I, I, yep. I mean, that the order might change, but I don't think as far as Utah, San Antonio, Houston, Portland, Oklahoma City, Denver, Golden State, I think those ones are kind of set as Agreed. seven playoff teams. And that last spot is going to be a battle between the LeBron Lakers – uh, and the Sacramento Kings. I think that's going to be fascinating.
1: I don't know if I would put. I, I I see what you're saying, and I definitely like 99% agree with that. Those are probably seven locks. I don't know if I've still bought the Spurs.
4: You think they might slip? I think
1: they just got so many old guys that like all it takes is Lamarcus getting hurt for. I mean, we've got 28 games left. If he gets hurt for two weeks, he's missing the. I mean, half of the rest
2: of the season almost.
4: Yeah. Um, so
2: per. Per Matt Moore's tweet earlier today before any of these games were played tonight, if he took what he tweeted out, um, we would be playing the Spurs in a seven game or not seven game series. Get us. We would be playing them in a, a playoff series. And I really, really like us against the Spurs. I feel like we matched up against them. Well, um, Currently, while I'm podcasting, I have my TV on, and the Portland Trailblazers are winning 105 to 97 against the Spurs with about seven minutes remaining in the fourth.
4: Oh, come so, on, Spurs! Because I want some I know, gap between I, us. And we the
2: we need, we need a little cushion. I've been rooting for the Spurs, but um, regardless, I mean that's a really solid matchup for OKC. Um, I, I really, I can't get a good like <laughs> gauge on the Spurs if they're going to slip, like Nick just said. Or with Pop, if he's going to be able to coach them up and keep them in the sixth through eighth seed, you know? Yeah. um, it's just so tough to tell.
4: So give me your, your, your quick thought answer on that eighth spot, Sacramento versus Los Angeles Lakers. Who do you guys think gets it?
2: You can't, I'm, you can't deny Braun Lakers. I was gonna say you, you can never bet against LeBron James, and we saw that tonight. I Maybe completely agree, selfish. but
4: just to be different, I'm gonna say Sacramento's gonna get it. They're hungrier. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. God, so I, how awesome would understand. it be if the LeBron if you, Lakers, the LeBron assets, uh, yeah,
1: get pissed m- off,
4: miss and, the playoffs?
1: Exactly. So the, if, then, if if the question was. Which roster do I like better? It's the Kings.
4: Oh, yeah. If oh,
1: yeah. Which, t- which I, oh, team yeah.
2: I think makes it, I think it's the Lakers. I'll, I think, I, I, yeah, all three of us agree on both points. Um, but y- you never know. Like Harrison Barnes and Darren Fox might just be just incredible combo. Um, I'm, yeah. And then, you know, the, the Lakers came out. The, so there was two things that could have happened tonight against the Celtics. The young Lakers could have came out and just not tried. Because they're pissed off of their end trade rumors, or they came out like they did tonight, pissed off at the world, and we're gonna s- scorch the earth, and we're gonna make every single shot, and we're gonna show these guys that we're really, really good basketball players. That's what happened tonight. But what happens moving forward? You know, that's what I'm really curious to see. So if they come out uh, pretty flat from here on out, then maybe these Kings do squeeze in and get that A spot. That's gonna be it re- really, really, it really interesting to see.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun, you know last uh, it may come down to kind of like Denver and Minnesota last year like a yeah play in game later. God, you know, that'd it be may so come much down fun. to the last two games
4: so two more things I wanted to touch on real quick the first we kind of started to talk about it earlier a lot of these teams at the trade deadline made deals to open up cap space um well one that we didn't talk about and I just have to mention real quick I have no clue what the hell Miami did like why did you take on that was... just, like I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, a lot of teams made trades to open up cap space. Like we said, New York has space for two max slots. The Clippers, space for about two max slots. I think they may have three. Dallas opened up space for a max slot. There's not enough free agents this summer that deserve max. There's not enough max players. So some of these teams are going to get left out, and they're going to have max slot money. Like open, they're gonna have that cap space. But the Kevin Durant's the Clay Thompsons, the the DeMarcus Cousins, um, even the second tier guys, the Jimmy Butlers, the Tobias Harris's, the Vucevic. the Chris Middletons, the the yeah, the Vooch
2: Yeah, Vucevic's and the uh Miritich's, um, the, Those guys are gonna tier, go off but... the board
4: and somebody is still gonna have max or near max cap space but no player to fill it with. So are we going to see a re- a repeat of twenty six summer of 2016 where some of these players that do not need that type of money are going to get that type of money?
1: I think teams will be smarter and do one-year deals on those kind of guys. Um, or maybe like, I don't know. I, I, if I were a team, I would do that. If, if, if it was me and I have one more max spot and all that was on the board was Jimmy Butler or Vucevic or someone, I'm offering him a I'm offering him, you know, the most money I
2: can offer him on a one year deal.
0: That and then sense. try again the next summer. Yep, that so makes I'm taking
2: sense. I'm taking more of like a middle ground stance here. I'm going to say that obviously your top free agents, whether it's, you know, LeBron or not LeBron, get us, uh, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, uh, your Kyrie Irvings, et cetera, I think we're obviously gonna see them gain the max contracts. But like you said, Nick, some of these other and maybe even like it's bias Harris's and the jimmy butlers getting some maxes but when it comes to some of these other guys like below them um i don't think teams are going to uh, they've learned from this past era of the cba <laughs> um i don't think they're going to overpay for those guys you know i don't think we're going to see like the the ridiculous Otto porter jr contracts and all the uh, what are some of those other contracts that were just absolutely ridiculous uh Kyle Anderson contracts. We talked about him a little bit Alan ago. Like, Alan Crab, Allen Crab. Yeah, oh, it's a terrible one. See, I don't think we're going to see those. That's now, not going to happen don't, again. Don't get me wrong. Like, like I said, those top tier free agents and even the Tobias Harris's and Jimmy Butler's are going to get their maxes. But yeah, I don't, I don't see Alan Crabs and I, I don't see teams overpaying for players like that. Hopefully they'll be, not. they'll be going for a, a couple different players with that cap space.
4: Well, with that being said. A few more minutes left here. I want to jump into free agents. I want to jump into the buyout market just a little bit. We touched briefly on it a few minutes ago, talking about Wesley Matthews. He's already secured his buyout from New York and has gone to the Indiana Pacers on the pro-rated minimum. Uh, with Victor Ladipo out, Vic is just going to get a lot of play. Or no, Sorry, not Vic. Uh, Wes is going to get a lot of play Wes, time there. Yep. Uh, kind of makes I a liked, little bit of sense.
2: I liked what you said, Jacob, because I was like, why like, – why would he be that concerned about playing time why would he not go and try and win a championship with one of these teams and like you said in our slack it's a really good point he wants as much playing time as possible so that way he can get more than the vet minimum next
4: season yep yeah, trying to trying to play into one more contract so but a ton of other guys are going to hit the the market as free agents guys like Wayne Ellington is already either been released or uh, in that process with Phoenix. Uh, Ennis Cantor has got his release from the New York Knicks. Um, Markeith Morris, it looks like, is going to get bought out down in New Orleans, Uh, although that may may be a little injury-related due to that neck injury he had uh, back at the beginning of January. So lots of different guys getting bought out. Uh, the Thunder are bound to be players in the buyout market, considering they only have 13 players on the roster right now. Um, so they're going to have to uh, to get somebody. They're going to have to sign somebody. Um, out of the the possibilities out there of the buyout guys, if you had to choose one player to add to the Oklahoma City Thunder roster, um, the one guy that you want them to get in the buyout, who is it? Taylor, I'll so, start with you.
2: I do really like Marquise Morris, but I got I to give that to Nick. I'm going to let him go on that rant because I don't know if I know somebody more than Nick who loves the Morris Twins <laughs> any more than he does. <laughs> so I'll give him that one. I'm going to go ahead and say Wayne Ellington because we could use the shooting. Um, I think he's a solid guard who could really find his, his niche here on the Thunder. Um, but don't forget, there's a certain guy on a two-way contract for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He wears pink shoes. He got in a point guard tonight. His name's Deontay Burton. But seriously, though, like, um, I—that's I, not a terrible option to sign up to one of those roster spaces. Yeah. Um, for, even if you do sign like a Wayne Ellington or a Marquise Morris, it, it, it's not a terrible option to sign him to. A pro rated minimum for the rest of the season. You know, I'm really curious to see what he could do. And that just gives you another uh, option on the wing and some more depth. So, but if I had to pick one of these names, I'd go with Wayne Ellington. Nick, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, so obviously Marquise Morris would be my number one. But just to make it fun, I'll pick someone else. Um, I don't know if you mentioned them or not. Um, Frank the Tank Kaminsky. Ooh. I think. I think being a 25-year-old seven-footer who can play both center and power forward, he's kind of lost some minutes this year. I don't know, you know all the reason for that. But, lo- but going off last year, whenever he played you know, 79 games out of the 82 and you know, really got some decent minutes, he was playing about 23 minutes a game, he was shooting 38% from three and scoring 11 points a night on just you know, eight or nine shots a game. And I think he could he could easily have a, a similar role to that on the Thunder.
3: Yeah. So
2: he scares me like he scares the hell out of me on the defensive end, um, particularly when his team has built like so so much on their defensive identity, as we've talked about so much. But at the same time, like I'll never forget watching him in that that championship game here. What was it? Three four years ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and like you said, this past season he tore it up. So it, he he'd be an absolute offensive threat um and that's kind of what pressey was apparently looking for in the in the deadline either like a three or a four who could shoot the ball so Uh, he might not be a bad bench bench player yeah
1: something you got to consider too these are all you know buyout guys that are going to get minimum salaries so you're probably not going to find a guy that fits the mold like perfect that checks all the boxes but i think other than like you said defense he checks just about every other box that we need Yep. yep So,
2: Jacob, I want to hear yours. But first, um, Nick put together a really, really good list in our Slack. And I just want to read it off for all of our listeners because I thought it was a really, really good list, and he broke it down really well. So for the guards, as of you know, at 4.06 p.m. earlier today, we had Wes Matthews, who obviously is probably going to go to the Pacers, uh, or officially has gone to the Pacers. We have Wayne Ellington. I heard some rumors er- earlier um, this morning that – his preference would be the Lakers, but that could have changed post-trade deadline. You never know. And then you have Sheldon Mack, Milos Titosich. I don't even know how to pronounce that. And then uh, Ben McLemore. He's got waived by the or bought out by the uh, Kings. And those are your guards. And then Biggs, so we have Enos Kanter, Marcin Gortat, Michael Beasley, Frank Kaminsky, uh, Zach Randolph from Dallas, you have Robin Lopez, Pogasol is a potential buyout candidate that somebody mentioned, although that obviously hasn't happened yet. But he was on the trade deadline, at least. Uh, the Spurs were looking to shop him. It didn't happen. So that's a tread, a uh, post-trade deadline buyout candidate. And then you have Chandler Parsons, obviously, but there's no telling what the heck's going to happen with him. We talked about Marquis Morris. And then you have the man, the myth, the legend, Carmelo Anthony, who may or may not end up with the Lakers. So... So, that is your your full list. Yeah,
4: so mine would probably be Wayne Ellington as well just because I think the one place that this team uh, needs help for the Thunder is is wing depth, you know. But that remains to be seen. Like, we don't know what's up with Alex Abrinas. Uh Does Andre come back? If Dre comes back and can be close to, like, old Dre, he can be, like, 90 to 95% of old Dre, that's a great player to have kind of as your bench piece going into the playoffs. Uh, so you know, true. 6-7, he can play the 2-3, even a little bit of 4. It's exactly what you're looking for. Uh, Wayne Ellington can shoot the ball well. Uh, not great defensively. And then I think, uh, like Nick mentioned, Keith Morris is is interesting. Uh, he can play the 4. He can maybe play the 3 in a pinch. Uh, not a great shooter. Deadly. Dudley dec- was
2: on Twitter today saying he can play some uh, small Wall five. <laughs>
4: yeah, uh, not not a not a great shooter, um, but but a decent shooter. I think Patterson has picked his game up recently, and so there's not as much of that need there at the the four, unless you want some assurance. I think the the biggest need for this team is is backup wing, um, yeah. j- just someone that can play on the wing, and so I think that. Wayne Ellington probably fits that mold a little bit better.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think I another, another thing with Kaminsky that, um, another reason I think, I think that I like him is because, you know, Patterson, who's a, he's a, you know, solid backup power forward for us. I think Kaminsky is also a true backup center. Like, like tonight, whenever Adams is in foul trouble, we kind of had to lean on Nurlins um, for a long time, but you know, that's an, if, if, you know, obviously he was like a minus, a minus like nineteen at halftime. Not that he wasn't playing well, but you know, if the lineups not working, you have another option. Um, you could throw Kaminsky there to true center.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting for sure. So, anything Space else, guys, before we get boring. out of here?
2: I think that's it. A lot of a lot of stuff happened over the the past week oh, for yeah. sure.
4: Well, Thunder play again Saturday night against the Houston Rockets. A bit of a new look Houston Rockets down in, in Houston. And then Monday against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, we will have post-game pods for both of those games. So make sure you check that out. Uh, let's bump some outro music and get out of here. So thank you guys again for checking out our podcast. We really appreciate you. If you haven't subscribed already, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, hit it up. We're probably on there. You can subscribe to us, leave us a review, leave us a rating. We would greatly appreciate that. Also, we are dropping post-game podcasts after every game. So make sure you are subscribed so you can get those. They're perfect 15, 20-minute long podcasts that are just the right time for the commute to work or school or a lunch break or whatever. Um, So make sure you get on those. You can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Nick is on Twitter, at two Cranes. Taylor is at Taylor underscore P15. Myself, I am at ThunderMob405. Um, I think that's all I got. So you guys take it easy. Thunder up. And we will talk to you Saturday night after, hopefully, a Thunder win down in Houston. See ya.
2: Roddy Hood balling out for the Blazers right now. 14 points. Just hit a three. Woof.
0: Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.